0: Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. A couple of weeks ago, Jamie came across a Facebook post that talked about all the events that have taken place over the first half of this year. I want to read this to you now. Dear Diary, 2020 edition, in January, Australia caught on fire. I don't even know if that fire was put out because we straight up almost went to war with Iran. We might actually still almost be at war with them. I don't know because Prince Harry and Meghan peaced out of the royal family. We started in on the impeachment trial and began hearing murmurings of something called the coronavirus. Then Kobe died and the U.K. pieced out of the European Union. In February, Iowa didn't know what to do with itself because of the caucus results, and the president was acquitted. The Speaker of the House took 10 minutes to rip up a speech. Harvey Weinstein was found guilty, and Americans started asking if Corona beer was safe to drink. And everyone on Facebook became a doctor. March started with a bang and not a good one, A tornado ripped through Tennessee. Warren dropped out of the presidential race, and Sanders was like, "Burnie or bust. But then Italy shut its borders down, and the whole country, and and COVID officially became a pandemic, and then a nationwide state of emergency was declared in the US, but it didn't really change anything. But then COVID was like, y'all not taking me seriously, so I'm going to infect the one celebrity everyone loves, Tom Hanks and all of our schools closed so that we could appreciate teachers and all of the salons closed too so no one could get their hair or nails done. Everyone had to work from home and attended Zoom meetings in their underwear. The stock market took a significant plunge and we were then all introduced to Tiger King. And the one thing that we can all agree on this year is that Carol totally killed her husband. Also, somehow we realized that not all of us were washing our hands regularly enough. In April, Bernie finally busted himself out of the presidential race, but then New York City became the set of The Walking Dead and we learned that no one has face masks or ventilators or toilet paper or hand sanitizer. By now, those of us that color our hair, our roots were showing. So there's a shortage on box hair dye And all of our hairdressers were like, no, don't do it. Then Kim Jong-un died, but then he came back to life. Or did he? Who knows? Because then the Pentagon released videos of UFOs, but nobody cared that much. And we were like, man, it's only April. In May, the biblical end times kicked off and we learned of murder hornets and realized that 2020 was the start of the Hunger Games. People started to protest lockdown measures. Sporting events were canceled everywhere. George Floyd died and America reached a breaking point. There were protests in every city, which was confusing because people were definitely gathering in crowds of more than 10 and for sure were closer than six feet away from each other. Oh, and a giant asteroid narrowly missed the earth. In June, wearing masks became a political thing. And then many decided that not wearing a mask was somehow a God-given right, even though I haven't found anything in the Bible or the Constitution that is for or against masks. Then scientists announced that there is a strange radio signal coming from somewhere in the universe that repeats itself so many days. Then America reopened from the shutdown that wasn't really an all-out shutdown, and things have gone spectacularly not that great. All of the woke folks decided they needed to establish an autonomous zone and start tearing down all the statues, but they didn't know enough history to not tear down the statues of abolitionists. Then we learned that there was a massive dust cloud coming straight at us from the Sahara Desert, which is totally normal, but this is 2020. So the ghost mummy was most likely in that dust cloud. We then learned that the Congo's worst ever Ebola outbreak is over. And we were all like, there was an Ebola outbreak that was the worst ever. So now it's July. And at this point, we're over it. Just tell us what's next. Aliens, asteroids, artificial intelligence become self-aware. No, none of that. But seriously, Kanye West announced he's running for president, and now our beloved Charlie Daniels has passed away. Y'all, as Jamie read that to me a couple of weeks ago, I had mixed feelings and thoughts. Reading all that sounds like it's straight out of an apocalyptic movie plot. It's kind of funny until you realize it's all real, and then it's not funny at all. It's kind of weighty. So, as we look back at what's been happening in the world, not just over the last six and a half months, But over the last many years, we're left with this question. What in the world is going on? What's going on? Are we about to be raptured? Is the tribulation upon us? You know, I don't know what your eschatology is, but that's not really what we're examining today. So I'm sorry to disappoint you if you thought we're going to talk about the four horsemen or the blood moons or when Jesus is returning. But as a leader in the body of Christ, I do feel some weight and responsibility to ring a bell. And the bell that I'm ringing isn't just Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Well, yes, I'm ringing that bell, but the message that Jesus is coming back is just information. And just knowing a fact doesn't tell you how you need to respond. It doesn't tell you what you can be doing up until that comes to fruition. Listen, church, the world is upside down, but that's not alarming to me. Why? Why? because it's no surprise it's always been upside down since the fall of man and we're going to continue to see it upside down until the kingdom of God is fully established on the earth. Even the early church thought Jesus' return was imminent during their period in history. They saw the signs of the times just like we see the signs of the times. And the bottom line is that no one knows the day or the hour of Jesus' return. It could be at any moment or it could be a hundred years from now. But what is important is what we are doing until that day comes. The thing that does alarm me is when I look at the response of the church today, I see people who are far more caught up in the news of this earthly reality instead of being caught up in the good news of the eternal reality. Many believers will engage on a Facebook post about today's digressing culture, but not a post about Jesus' redeeming cross. Church, let's not get sucked into the drama of today's culture. Now you might say, well, J.D., I don't want to be so heavenly-minded that I'm no earthly good. Come on. That's nonsense. What we ought to be saying is, I want to be so heavenly-minded that I'm of great earthly good. I'm reminded of Jesus' parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4. This is what Jesus said, verse 3. He said, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow seed, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, or we could say the path, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. And some fell on stony ground, on rocky soil, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up, but it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no deep roots, it withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns or we could even say weeds and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no crop but the other seed fell on good ground and it yielded a crop that sprang up and it increased and it produced some 30 times as much some 60 times as much and some a hundred and Jesus said he who has ears to hear let him hear Here, Jesus describes four kinds of soil conditions, which represent four kinds of conditions of our hearts. So the question we need to ask ourselves today is, where is my heart? Where is my attention? Where is my affection? Is your heart like the path that doesn't receive the seed of God's word? Because you don't take time to let it take root before the enemy comes to tell you something different. Is your heart like that rocky soil where you receive God's truth at first, but it doesn't take root because you give up when you're met with any kind of resistance or difficulty? Is your heart like the weeds where you're so distracted by what's happening in the world today that there's just little to no fruit of eternal value that's being produced in your life? Or... Are you doing the work of cultivating your heart before God to receive His Word that He might produce the fruit of His Spirit in your life? Listen, church. The world is upside down, but the kingdom of God is not. So let's redirect our attention and our affections and our time and our resources away from the temporal things and let's focus them on eternal things. Let's stop getting so worked up over the earthly issues and let's start investing our energy into making disciples of Jesus. The enemy of our souls, Satan, is still trying to divide Jesus' church over superfluous issues. Like, wear a mask. Great. Don't wear a mask. Okay? I don't care. You see, I'm not going to spend my passion on getting worked up over a piece of cloth or paper that covers my nose and mouth, but instead I'm going to be passionate about helping people avoid going to hell. I'm going to spend my passion helping families become strong in the Lord. I want to see people discover who God created them to be and be equipped to do what He called them to do. We're talking about real purpose here. If I need to wear a mask one day in order to accomplish that purpose, then I'll wear it. And if I need to take it off the next day in order to accomplish that purpose, I'll take it off. See, I'm not going to allow a temporal issue to get into the way of an eternal issue. So the world is upside down. Jesus is coming back. What is our response until that happens? Real quickly, I want to give you five important habits that will help you cultivate the soil of your heart. The first one is this recenter on Jesus. I'll take a little liberty with the immortal words of a 20th century poet. Jesus, you're the first, my last, my everything, and the answer to all my dreams. You're my sun, my moon, my guiding star, my kind of wonderful. That's who you are. That's funny, of course, you know, it's Barry White. But seriously, Jesus is not just at the top of our priority list and we get to check him off the list once a week. No, 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 it's like the earth and all of the planets in our solar system orbit around the sun, Jesus ought to be at the center of our lives and we orbit our entire lives around being in a relationship with Him. In John chapter 15, Jesus said this. He said, "'Remain in me and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me.'" Listen, if we want to accomplish our eternal purpose, then we must not put anything or anyone else at the center of our lives other than Jesus. Not our pursuit of financial freedom, not our own entertainment or recreation, not our kids' sports teams, not our career, not our GPA, not even our family or friends. Putting Jesus at the center of your life doesn't mean that you neglect the other important areas of your life, but what it does mean is that you are not going to tend to those other areas at the expense of your relationship with Jesus. So we must continually be recentering on Jesus and our relationship with Him. The second habit is this. Stay connected to the church. You know, we've talked about this quite a bit already over the last several weeks. God never intended for us to be connected to Him and not be connected to the rest of the body of Christ. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 tells us, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. See, keeping Jesus at the center, it's a team sport. It's not a solo one. But when we isolate ourselves away from the church, we're playing into one of the enemy strategies to take us out of the game, or at the very least, uh, keep us from scoring or keep us from bearing much fruit. But staying connected to your church family always puts you in a better position to walk in who God called you to be and do what He calls you to do. The third habit is this, pray and obey. You see, all of these habits are connected together. It's like a chain where each strong link is connected to the next. It's like first we recenter on Jesus, then we stay connected to our church family, and then we pray and obey. Jesus talked about this being interconnected a little bit. He said this in Matthew chapter 18. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For wherever two or three gather together as my followers, I'm there among them. Listen, we all want the power of God at work in us and through us. But what we've got to realize is that wherever there's a power source, preceding that was a prayer source see, prayer is the precursor to the power and presence of God. Say that five times fast. The other thing that we've got to realize is that like prayer is the ignition and obedience is the accelerator. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, Don't just listen to God's word, but do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Now, church, let me ask you this question. What good is a mirror in your bathroom if you don't use it to fix your appearance? And what good is God's Word in your life if you don't activate it with your obedience? See, we've got to pray and obey. I've got two more habits for us to help us cultivate the soil condition of our hearts. But we'll get to those next Sunday. Church, the world is upside down, but God's kingdom remains right side up. Jesus is coming back, so let's not get carried away with the cares and the affairs of this world. Let's not give ourselves over to the chaff that will be separated from the wheat and then be burned up. But let's invest ourselves into things that will matter truly for eternity. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for my church family and anyone who might be watching or listening to this today. And God, I pray that wherever any of us have had our affections and our attentions on temporal things, the things of this world, the cares of this world, Holy Spirit, we just we invite you right now to come and arrest our hearts and refocus us and recalibrate us and recenter us on Jesus and His kingdom. Holy Spirit, give us peace and wisdom to see and and discern between the things that are temporal and the things that are eternal. And help us, by the power of Your Spirit, use self-control and have peace of mind and be full of your love so that we don't get caught up into the drama of today's culture, but yet we know how to respond to it by the power of your Spirit and in a biblical fashion. Lord, I pray right now for any of us that are really, truly lacking peace. We've given too much attention to the things of this world, and, and it has robbed us of our peace from you. Jesus, I thank you that your word says that your peace... You would give to us, but it's a different kind of peace. And that that kind of peace would pass all understanding and it would guard our hearts and it would guard our minds. Lord, I pray for those that maybe their lack of peace has been interfering with their relationships. It's been interfering with their work. It's been interfering with just their their own rest in their soul. And I pray, God, that you would meet them right where they are right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd minister truth, that you'd minister peace, that you'd minister wisdom to them. And instead of their relationships being upside down, instead of their work being upside down, instead of their own heart and soul being upside down, that it would come again and be reconciled to your kingdom and be turned right side up. I pray that you, you again shine light and truth into their heart and their thoughts right now in Jesus' name. If you're watching today and you're not a follower of Jesus, you're not a Christian, you're not a believer, and you're going, man, what in the world is going on? Uh, I I can let you know this right now. The thing that you need to do before any of these other things is you need to declare Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You need to surrender your life to His Lordship. And so if that's you today, I want to invite you to pray with me today a prayer. A prayer of, of saying, yes, this is what I want to do. I want to surrender to the lordship of Jesus. I want to become a believer. I want to become a disciple. I want to be who God created me to be. I want to do what he called me to do. And so I'm going to pray a prayer. You can repeat the words after me, but this is not about the right words to say. It's about the condition of your heart pointed to Jesus, saying, Jesus, I'm broken. I'm a mess. I'm a sinner. But I come to you today. And I surrender myself to you. I surrender myself to the power of your cross. And I I tell you what, Jesus wants to take the mess of your life and make it right side up. Pray with me now. Jesus, I declare you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be in charge of me. I believe that God raised you from the dead. And I surrender myself to you. I thank you for the work that you accomplished on the cross. That you paid the penalty for my sin. So that I could be in right standing with God. So I could have a good relationship with God. And so God, I ask you now to come and you fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me new. Fill my life with your purpose. I surrender my life to you. And I do this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.